Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me this week is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, is is good, as always, to be here. And, you know, for me, next week, I'll be on vacation. That's right. So You're I'll leaving be, me. I'll be back at the home state of Florida enjoying uh, probably a corona and yeah. my, my feet in the in the Gulf of Mexico. Hopefully so, you get yeah. to do a little bit of fishing too. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll yeah. see if, if so, I'm, a, if, if we, it's, it's a family vacation. It's really, we're all going down there for my, my mother and father's 50th anniversary. Oh, so, man. Congratulations. So, yeah, I know they so, listen. Congratulations yeah, to the so Adams. We're excited to celebrate with them and they, they, you know, they got a house down there. So we're all coming together and hopefully we'll enjoy each other's yeah, company. Yeah. Right. Some of those things aren't always the case, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> it's, it's usually how long you're together, right? Not yeah. the fact that you are. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know you are going to have a good time. I know you always love going home. So, But we're glad you're here in Memphis with us and doing this show. Um, you know, this is your first week back because Angela sat in your chair last yeah, time. Yeah, you did a good job, by the way, Angela. Yeah, I was. Uh, she blamed you. I, I said, uh, if you're upset about being here, Victor uh, said that you should probably sit over here since uh, right. you went with me. And he's, she said on the air something like, yeah, I'll have to remember to thank yeah. him. <laughs> I did think I, I planted that idea in John's head, so yeah. Yeah, was, she did wonderful. Fun. Angela yeah. did great. I've she already did. had a bunch of compliments from people that went on the pilgrimage mm-hmm. and stuff that listened to the show. So uh, great job, Angela. Thank you for doing that. Probably going to have you on some more. I uh, hadn't asked you yet, but <laughs> yeah. I will beg you to come on some more times. But, Victor, glad you're back in here, and we're talking about something that's near and dear uh, to both of us today. Mm-hmm. We will in a minute once we get started, but – uh, and that's fatherhood. You know, uh, Father's Day just passed and just thought, man, we should probably do a show on fatherhood. We haven't really talked about that in a long time. And it's such an important vocation and an important part of our lives and so many men out there. So we're going to jump into that here in a second. But before we get started with all that, um, I just want to tell everybody this weekend, uh, I'll be in uh, Malvern, Pennsylvania, where the Malvern Retreat Center is. It's one of the oldest and largest retreat centers in the country uh, for the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance Scent Summit. Uh, I'm one of the keynotes for that, and I'm also giving two workshops on uh, starting and, and running small groups with the method that we use, Victor, and uh, what we're doing around the country. So that is actually this coming weekend. It's going to be the 23rd through the 25th. You can still register. You can still sign up right now. Um, and the fee that they charge covers your room and food for three days. Father Larry Richards is going to be there, Deacon Hillberg Sivers, and all kind of other Catholic folks and then men from around the country that lead men's ministry organizations. So whether they're running conferences or they have a network of men's groups in their area, all these guys come together once a year through the um, – through the CMLA mm. to band together to build relationships and to build bonds to help grow ministry of men. That's why we're a part of it. Uh, they they uh, put a lot of people to us, you know, give us leads and things to be able to go and start groups in places where uh, they they haven't gotten to yet or where they need help. So we're glad to do that. It's a great partnership with them. If you want to register, there's still time. You can go to catholicmenleaders.org, sign up there and uh, get your plane ticket and join us in Pennsylvania this coming weekend. So also wanted to talk about booking. If you're interested in having us come to your parish, and man, we've gotten a lot of uh, requests here lately. In fact, Victor, we just booked up November 
Um, so we're looking at 2024. There's a few weekends in the in the fall we might be able to squeeze something in, but for the most part, we're looking at 2024. We've had a lot of men's conferences call, booking those already for Lent, uh, and then into 2024. So if you want men's ministry in your parish, if you want us to come in and build a group like we have in our parish, the one you've heard us talk about so much on here that Victor and I are a part of, we would love to do that to help you build a place where men can be real, where they can be authentic, where they can find real, real relationship with Jesus and with other men. We can help you do all of that. All you have to do is go to our brand new website, just to get on the pew.com. We've changed it over from being mainly about me and the podcast episodes to more of this is the, the issue with men. This is what we're doing about it. And this is how we can help you. We're building a leader portal there. Uh, right now, a company's building that for us, and we've already got 20 videos that are going to be on there for leaders that uh, in groups where we started uh, in parishes to help them continue to grow uh, and be trained as leaders. So that's our approach. It's boots on the ground. We go into parishes. We don't send you a DVD set and say good luck. We show up at your door. We do a mission, bring all the parish together to get everybody on board, and then we take them in and we help them from the time we ever get on, we first get on the phone all the way through the mission and beyond training the leaders, giving us a, a, uh, a format, and continue to help them grow beyond just that visit so that we find fruit that lasts, just like our buddy St. Paul here, right, building things that last. So that wanted to get that out there. If you want to book us, you can go to justagownthepew.com. It's everywhere on our new website, start a men's group, start a men's group. Just click one of those links, fill out the form, and Betsy or Sarah that handles our booking will get with you and get that on the calendar. So we're so excited for the opportunities and, and please, if you need help, reach out. That's what we love to do. Um, lastly, I want to say thank you to the people that are donating. We have had a lot of people become monthly supporters and thank you for every one of you that have, because we need every bit of it to continue to grow, to continue to do things like change the website around that costs several thousand dollars, uh, to be able to do that. And we wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for the support of our monthly donors. Uh, Victor, we've talked about this before. It, it It's just like any other business. I hate to call ministry a business, but there is that side of it. And like any business, you can't run without knowing what sort of expenses and revenue you have coming in every month. It's easy to see the expenses, but it makes it a whole lot easier when we have that monthly reoccurring revenue coming in so that we know, okay, what do we have to work with? What do we have to grow with? What do we have to get more of what we're doing out there with it? You know, how can we pay more people to join our team? Those are all the needs we have going forward. And every one of those are met through the generosity of people that listen to our show or that have been to our event. So thank you to all those of you that have done that. Thank you to all of you that will consider it. Look, five, 10, 20, 50 bucks a month, you know, whatever you can afford, it all goes to help in our ministry. You can sign up to become a monthly supporter by going to donorbox.org slash pew, or you can go to our website, just a guy on the pew.com and click the donate button and become a monthly donor there. Just know that at the end of the day, every bit of that money is going to support the mission that God has set in front of us to bring men back into being good husbands, brothers, fathers, and sons. One of those things, Victor, we're going to be talking about today, fatherhood. So as you know, I mentioned a minute ago, we just passed Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful Father's Day with your family. I know I, I did, did with mine. But it's, uh, I, I know that, man, we live in a, in a society today that doesn't see fatherhood as a privilege, right? I was thinking about this a lot lately, and, and on Father's Day, was just the fact that society now almost, treat, you know, almost celebrates fatherlessness. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at all of these commercials on TV and ads, and it's, it's, oh, just go and do and be whatever you want. You see it in the gender things, all of that stuff. But you also see this 
calling out of society about uh, masculinity and and now the only time you ever hear masculinity discussed in this in in culture is is when it's being called toxic which jason everett has said before on one of his videos a friend of mine that masculinity in itself if it is properly masculine if it's what it's supposed to be can never be toxic Mm -hmm. because true masculinity isn't toxic and so but our our culture seems to, to to paint it that way you know, it celebrates fatherlessness. It, it, people don't believe in marriage anymore. Men are considered to be unnecessary. Uh, you know, so many guys are laying down with women, but they aren't sticking around to see the privilege of fatherhood. And it's a shame because you could tie so many problems in our world today back to fatherlessness. You know, it's one of the primary contributors to many of the problems in the world, like anger, violence, crime, hate. I mean, we live here in Memphis and and crime is at an all-time high. I mean, I think there was 156 cars stolen, you know, in a weekend, a couple of weekends ago. There's these violence and, and these hate crimes are happening. And everything you look at points back to fatherlessness. You know, when children are being raised in a house without fathers, they tend to, 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 to be angry, to be hurt, to be wounded. I mean, who wouldn't be? You know, you're missing half of the unit that God constructed in the family to be able to raise children in the right ordered manner. And so when these kids are raised without fathers and and men are, are, are living out their life as boys and never really growing into mature men and going and sleeping around doing all these things, but but not picking up the 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 pieces after that, right? Not being there to to really complete that family unit, then we have a lot of trouble in the world. And just like when we take our heavenly father out of the mix, you know, the Things get messed up. We see that in the world more than ever now, too, is we're removing God from things and more things are out of order. The world is more messed up than it's ever been. And it's the same thing when you remove an earthly father from from that role. Um, and we have to start seeing our fatherhood as a privilege and a gift and and not something that's an inconvenience or something that that is 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 a a way to tie us down, but a privilege and a gift that God allows us to be part of. Well, you're, you're talking about a generational pain. I mean, yeah. you have, you have, it's it's usually in the sense where a father leaves or a father doesn't stay around because their father probably didn't stay around or was supportive in some form. So there's no example, there's no model behavior for them to know what it is to be one, a husband, or yeah. two, a father. So therefore, the only model behavior they have was probably a, a, an image on TV or their own life to where. Sure. You know, Papa was a Rolling Stone. I mean, you know, that's that's a song that celebrates what? You know, living, do what you want to do, and just have as many you know children as you yeah, want without no any consequences, res- right. all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that kind of let that, you know, we could say the '60s kind of it all had the doors bust open to sexual expression and also sure. liberation of 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 the generational means of of what a family is is you know defined as. But but what we like you said we're we're dealing with so much traumatic pain and generational pain that no one really knows how to identify it and how to break it. Now some are able to do that. There may be some men out there that says I saw what my father did to my mother and I am not going to be that person and I'm going to stop this. You know, and sure. be be the father, be the husband that that I want. I should have wanted my father to be that way, but he wasn't able to do that due to his own issues. Yeah. So we do have people that are stopping that, but the thing is what's more important is how are we able to cultivate human beings, children, to be successful and to be innocent, but also to be happy and joyful in their life yeah. without experiencing like outside pain or, or consequences of, of, 
of of a parent not being there you know sure. like i you know i work for in behavioral health yeah and the statistics are something that we've talked about before but but when a father is not present there's a abandonment issue and it's a traumatic event for a child especially when they're going to schools and then we see other classmates have a father come on father's day or some kind of like you know sure. dad's day or whatever it is and their grandfather comes or their grandmother comes or their mom comes in, instead now they're doing everything they can that's fine that's great but there's there's that that there's a missing piece that solidifies the the sanctity of what that child needs yeah and that is a mother and a father that is there to support that child and to also to support each other sure because that's why i think the catholic church is the only one that identifies marriage as a sacrament yeah for that exact reason it's like we are we commit ourselves to our spouse for a reason because we are there to be able to bond together to raise a family to have children and to what to to love god to know god and to serve god and also by doing that instructing our children to do the same sure and you're right it's a vicious cycle i mean once it starts i mean it's just it, it becomes like any other way of life mm-hmm. you know you 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 become what you're around you know you, you in your situation and and so it is a vicious cycle and you know there's a lot of people out there that you know may not have fathers because they they weren't good for the family right mm-hmm. they could have been addicted to things or or, or stuff like that and so in those cases that's particularly difficult too because he was there but he wasn't right there right like he should have been so it's just a tough thing and and you know we were looking at you were talking about statistics a minute ago you know we read one that said 18.5 million children uh grow up without a dad in the united states i mean it's 18.5 yeah, million kids and you know the thing is we've got to change the narrative on what fatherhood is you know, a lot of young guys, when you start talking about marriage, you start talking about all that. No, I don't want any of that. I just want to date. I want to, you know, mess around. I want to be who I want to be. The Rolling Stone, like you talked mm-hmm. about, you're missing out on a tremendous joy and a tremendous gift that God is trying to give you in fatherhood. And it's such a privilege. I mean, G.K. Chesterton says this. He says, God chooses ordinary men for fatherhood to accomplish his extraordinary plan. Like when you're when you're refusing to grow up, when you're refusing to to, to, to move forward in your life, the natural mm-hmm. order of things, the way that God made men. You know, what is the first commandment he gave Adam? Now go and multiply, right? Once he made Eve, go and multiply, be fruitful. And we're supposed to, we're made to, to have family. We're made to have children. We're made to create life. And that's a tremendous privilege that God allows us into that, right? I mean, just think about that. You get to create something, like a living being, as part of what God's given you in that mm-hmm. privilege of fatherhood. And I, the fact that, that so many of us would just treat it like, you know, it's not a big deal or it's just something, oops, that happened. Well, somebody will take care of it. Mm-hmm. It's not the way that we're supposed to be as fathers, right? And that's not the way God is to us. And for all of people out there that, that are experiencing fatherlessness, I would always tell them, like, we need to look at the Heavenly Father because that's who our real father is. And he's someone that will never abandon you, that will never leave you, that's always there for you, that will love you the way you deserve to be loved. And so we all have to look at the Heavenly Father to to understand how to be fathers. But you know, Victor, as I said, you know, here we are on Father's Day, and it can just be another another thing, right? Another card that's picked up at Walgreens or whatever. And here you go, Happy Father's Day. Here's a gift card, or or, or, find, or have difficulty finding the card that really sure. says what you really feel. Sure, you know, or it's yeah. a hey, go go fishing or go golfing or go do right. whatever you want to do today. This right. is your one day to you know go do for yourself um, kind of thing, but. We need to start looking at this, like I said, as a privilege. 
um, of what God has called us to and just the joy of fatherhood. And so I wanted to, you know, read a couple more quotes here I had just to, to kind of paint the image of what fatherhood is. I mean, Father Lawrence Lovasek, which was a, a, a writer, a priest, and, and he wrote some books. Um, this is one thing he said about it. Fatherhood is a vocation in God's service to be not held lightly or frivolously, but with a serious determination of serious men. You know, this is a job. Our job is to be a father, right? It's our vocation to be a husband and a father. You know, that, that comes first and foremost behind our vocation and our, and our service to God, right? First and foremost, God, and then wife and children. And then after that comes everything else, our work, our, our other things and responsibilities mm-hmm. in life. And we take so many of those other things seriously. We take our job seriously. But do we take serious the role that God's put in front of us? Like that these children, the way that they're going to grow up, the way that they're raised is going to be, is going to fall on how we raise them. You know, so many children, as you said, you know, they grow up looking at mother for a certain time in their life. You know, mother, the mom's the embodiment of the Holy Spirit and children are, are, are drawn to their mother as that giver of life and that comforter, just like the Holy Spirit for so much of their life. But then when they get to their middle teenage years, they start looking at dad because mm-hmm. it, for whatever reason, it's like, okay, now I'm starting to realize I'm getting older. I'm growing up. I'm going to have to see for myself. I'm going to have to get my own life. And they just sort of turn and look at the father and say, okay, for whatever reason, we equate that with fatherhood. And when the father isn't there living that, or if he's there and not present, you can be a father in your home and never be there, right? Workaholics or addicted to things or whatever else we've talked about a few minutes ago. But this is the vital role of a father is to show that person what it means to to, to grow into the person that God calls us to be. And you know, so I, I just want to talk a little bit more about, you know, privileges and, you know, the privilege of being a father. I mean, Victor, I know you love being a father. I mm-hmm. see it in your eyes. Every time you're around Ella, every time you're around Lily, I just, you speak about your children and there's a glow that comes about you. And so I just wanted to kind of, instead of just focusing on all the negativity, I know we did in the start, because you have to kind of give the background of why right. we're talking about what we're talking about. But I want to talk about the joys and the privilege of being a fatherhood and just kind of what are some of the ones that, that that come to mind for you, like privileges that you've experienced as being a father? Well, I mean, you know, I talked about being an example, too. Like, my father was a great example of, of what a dad should be, especially also a spouse, too. I mean, he really dedicated his life to not only to my mother, but also to my sister and I. And he worked very hard to, to provide the things we needed, and he did that out of love. But also he was present, too. So yeah. he worked hard, and he was present. So therefore, I had an idea of kind of how to make that work. Sure. You know, luckily I'd have to read a book to figure out, you know, what to really do and, and you know, for me to be come to a marriage. for dummies. Right, yeah. <laughs> for me to bring <laughs> such, so much mess, yeah. you know, that sometimes we all bring into a, a relationship, especially marriage. But but for me, I was so privileged that, you know, I worked at um, uh, kind of social worker for a while. And then sure. after five years, I just it was just kind of a burnout phase for me. And Ella was just probably two and a half, three years old and, and – Christy looked at me and said, hey, just, you know, my business is doing well. Why don't you just be a stay-at-home dad for about, you know, eight months or so like that um, until you find something that fits you. So, and I did, and and I loved it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, from from waking up to to playing to making breakfast, dinner, all that stuff, to going out to the zoo, packing lunches and stuff like that, and, and taking her to, like, uh, we went to uh, 
you know, the bookstore is not there anymore, but I remember this time where I took her to, to one of the uh, readings for like Angelina, the ballerina, you know, like the sure, author yeah. was there. And so the author was reading and I, I walked in, it was like me and like all women with their kids. <laughs> and I, I got like all the eyes looking at me like, what's he doing here? You know, but I yeah. was like, but then I saw like, they were like, they were very accepting, you know, because I think a lot of dads are, are afraid to do that. Sure. You know, to be like a, a care provider because we feel we have to have a role of work hard See, see the kids we can't see at We're dinner. Provider, right? And provider, so. Yeah. But the thing is, we have to redefine what it is to be a father, especially in a world that just can grab our kids so quickly out of the influence of the world. Well, you know? yeah, and I mean, whether you're, you're you've got a full time job and you're right. providing, or whether you're at home. I mean, I I'm working from home, mm-hmm. but you know, in this ministry all day long. But it allows me and affords me a lot of opportunities to be with my children. I mean, I just got back from my dad's. You know, happy birthday to my dad. Yeah. He just turned eighty two. And we just got back from there, and you know, in the middle of the week, I was able to just take off and go down to the farm and do stuff there for him, and fish with the kids, and watch movies with the kids, and you know, and just hang out with them for two or three days, and it's wonderful. And you know, and that's that's the thing, like whether or not you're in the home, out of the home, stay at home, not stay at home, we always have to be present to our children. Like, and, and there was a quote here from pope francis that says god sets the father in the family so that by the gifts of his masculinity he can be close to his children as they grow when they play and when they work when they are carefree and when they're distressed when they are talkative and when they are silent when they are daring and when they are afraid when they stray and when they get back on the right path to be a father is always being present and it's a wonderful quote it's exactly what you're talking about you know i mean I think that we just have to put the focus back on what a privilege it can be to be a father. Because, look, life happens. You get run down. You're tired. You're working. You're doing all these things and doing your best to try to give the best life you can. And sometimes just being a father slips by the wayside, right? Mm-hmm. Or or you're not the father you want to be. You're tired. You're angry. You're worn out. You're short with people. I, my One of my children, Allison's on the other side of the camera right now, and so is Angela. And, and I, is 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 bad as it is and as hard as it is for me to admit this they don't always get the best part of me right sometimes they get the leftovers and that's not right that shouldn't happen that way if there's anybody in this world that should get the best of me it's them and and for so many of us i think we fall into that same trap is the ones we love get what's left over because honestly i think we think well they have to love us no matter what right so they're the ones that are going to forgive me. But that's not the way we need to go about this. We have to look at every moment that we get to be a father and a husband as a privilege. And so like that's one of the things that I found as a privilege was, you know, was getting to show your children the father. Mm-hmm. And that's such a huge responsibility because when we're not living fatherhood right, we're not showing them the right image of God. Because look, your kids, when they look at you, they see the face of God, whether you're the mom or the father. You know, it, it's just how how you treat them is going to be how they th- their image that they transpose onto God, right? Am I angry and judgmental? Am I quick to yell? Am I am I am I always critical? Am I? That's the way they'll see God. But if you're loving and receptive and 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 you put them first and, and you're able to shove down your 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 you know the fact that you're worn out, the things that didn't go your way that day. And just be there in that moment for them, and and, and be the father they need. Right. Then that's how they're going to see God. And and I know this from 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 experience, right? I loved my father, but my father worked all the time. I love my father now. Like I said, I was just there for his eighty second birthday. I love him with all of my heart, and he wears a a cape in my eyes still to this day. But he wasn't always the father that I wanted, right? I mean, he worked all the time. He was short a lot. He was angry. He 
you know, he, he, he didn't say I love you or I'm proud of you very often. And, and so I have to be careful because as you were saying earlier, you can pass on those things mm-hmm. from your family of origin, right? Like those wounds that you've received in your, your childhood, but, and, and God knows I wasn't there for my wife and kids for a long time. Everybody's heard the story that's listened to this, but now I, I try not to take it for granted because I realize what a privilege it is to be able to, to, that God has placed these children and your wife in your care and that what he wants the most of you from you is to, to raise them in a way, not your wife, but your children to mm-hmm. raise them in a way that's going to get them to heaven. And it's going to help them raise their children in the right way. And, and God tr- entrusts you with that. And it's such a privilege when you think mm-hmm. about that, like not to be overwhelmed by the responsibility, but to be honored by, to be chosen, to have that privilege, right. And, and to, to pour into them everything that, that you're learning from your relationship with God and to show them that not only is he a loving father, but through him and my strength that I get through him and my relationship with him, I can also be have the privilege of being a loving father to you. Right, and what you're saying is that for, for fathers it's, it's difficult, but if you're connected in your faith, and obviously your marriage is connected in faith, being a father th- with a, spirit, a strong spiritual sense of who you are and, and loving God then you are the most powerful influence on your children. Yeah. If you're not work to, to to be that, because like I said, if if they don't get love from you, they're going to seek it somewhere else. Sometimes in a negative way, you know. Sure. And so if you show them love, you dedicate your time whenever they need you, and you're there to instruct and to to grow them in the faith. I mean, you were giving them a foundation of strength and of of happiness and joy that they will always try to build upon that instead of like go find something else a, a foundation that's crumbling with with untruths you know yeah. of of false sense of self or f- chasing after something that's not really them and, you know and, and i think as fathers we have to be very careful of how we we build that with them you know yeah. let you build it with them don't let them build it on but say that hey this this is what we need we go to mass because of this you know, we say our prayers because of this. We say a rosary because of this. You know, uh, we believe in God because of this. And I love your mom because of this. You know, sure. I love you so much because of this. You know, and that's that's what we need to kind of always have that open conversation with them. Well, and yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's and it's again a privilege to be able to do that, mm-hmm. right? To to share the love that we have for God with them, the way that people did for us. My mother and my father did with me. You know, my father wasn't always the most vocal, but I mean. But he showed me what it meant to be a man and, mm-hmm. and how to live like a man. Um, you know, again, heroes don't always make the right choices. You know, right. <laughs> all you got to do is watch Superman three to see that. Mm-hmm. To see that, but but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a privilege. And you know, another one that I really enjoy is is through fatherhood, you get to live the life that Christ calls you to. Right? He says you got to pick up your cross and follow me. You got to die to self. Right? You have to lay down your life. And I don't know that there's anywhere else in the world that you get to do that more often than in your family, right? Especially for your children is right. you make sacrifices. You you put your selfish ways behind. I mean, that's really where selfishness goes to die is in the family because if it's going to be any sort of a successful family, right, uh, uh, you're going to stay together and flourish as a family, then you have to give of yourself, right. right? You have to let those pieces of you die. And look, for a lot of us, it, it may take a long time. I mean, it. I got married and then thought, what do you mean somebody else has an opinion in what, what I do with my mm-hmm. time in my life? And, you know, and, and, and that's part of being married, but it's also part of being a father. 
is, look, I may not always want to go to 18 ball games a week. I may not always want to do this or that, but it's not about me. It's about them and the people that God has put in my care. And so, you know, it's a place where you truly learn to live others and where you can, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to live out that the commandment that Jesus gave us. It was to love one another as you love yourself. But as a family, you you have to love others more than you love mm-hmm. yourself. Right. right? And, and and I mean, Angela is a better example of that than I will ever be. I'm sure Christy is probably a better example of it than you are. Very Our wives so, yes. tend yeah. to be better at it. Right. But, you know, that's how fatherhood and family becomes a source of joy is really that self-sacrifice and that giving of ourselves and and looking at it not as something I've lost or an obligation is some people look at it in this world as okay, well, I, I made a mistake again, laying down with somebody. And now I have to, I have, now I have all this responsibility in my life. No, you get to have all mm-hmm. that responsibility and you get, God has just opened up a super highway to joy in your life. Right. And so I just, you know, getting to be someone's hero is amazing and, and getting to be the face of God it, it, to, to your children. Mm-hmm is undescribable and we have to have more men that take it seriously and look at it as a source of joy and so i hope you know here victor on this father's day that we just passed that people are reminded of that that it's not just another holiday that you know for greeting card companies and you know to for for you know marketing and and sales purposes and stores but it's a day where we're not only we're celebrated as fathers but we look at it as as what it is that true privilege that god has put in front of us so Real quickly, I mean, do you have any more things you want to say about the privileges of fatherhood in your own I mean, life? Just like I said, just just instruct that you know that when you are talking to them, listen to them. Yeah, be patient. You know, I mean, even though you're in the middle of doing something, I do it all the time. Where I'm doing something, of course, I bring work home. Yeah, and so th- so forth. They're, they're telling me a story, and if and if that story lasts more than three minutes, guess what? Inside, I start getting what. Well, you know, <laughs> anxious. Like, tell me this, you know, you know, yeah. I just like rush them. And I, and Chrissy, you know, would, would pat my leg or, or my hand and say, you know, this, they're excited about this. So listen to it. And I have to always remember that they're bringing me their joy yeah. and I have to receive it. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a good point, man. Yeah. I find myself all the time sometimes like if I'm not careful falling into despair because I realize I, I missed a lot of time mm-hmm. with my kids. I was around, but I wasn't here. I was so selfish and concerned with drugs and alcohol and all those things in my job. And I'm not going to get those years back. And and the thing is, one day, Victor, even though those times where we feel annoyed or mm-hmm. like we're in the middle of something, and you know, there's going to come a day where that voice isn't there, where that child isn't there anymore. They're off with their own life and their mm-hmm. own family and – and I mean, I've even seen it with my father. I mean, we, you know, I've got two sisters and, you know, life happens. You have children, you have all these other things. And a lot of times he sits down there by himself. My mother's passed and, you know, we have to be able to be present and enjoy the time and the privilege that God has set in front of us for these years that the children are right here every day in our life. Mm-hmm. And look at that, not as, as, as a burden or a, as a, uh, you know, a difficulty, but as a, is is a, is a privilege. Right? Right. I don't know how to say it any other yeah. way, but it's that privilege. So, you know, I, I didn't really have any sort of how to's today. It's just sometimes, you know, we need a refresher of what's important in our life and, and a different take on it because like, like so many other people, life can just become the same thing over and over again. And you get in a rut and you just, these days are passing by and, you know, all of a sudden six months have gone by. And have you really been present to your kids? Have you really sat there and thank God when you wake up every day? Thank you for this opportunity 
to be a father again today. Thank you for this opportunity to experience life's joys and its sorrows and its hurts and its and its healings with my children and with my wife. Because I think that's something that if we're all being honest with each other, we overlook. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be the the shining light in the world today that that men are not toxic, that masculinity is not toxic, that men aren't useless, that there's a very real role that we need to play in this world. And to be that shining light that tells that shows people like, that's what it means to be a father. That's what it means to be a man. And that's what a source of joy is. And that's what I want for my life because that's what God has asked of us. And that's the position he's put us in. So folks, if you're listening to this, just always look at this. Don't wait for one day during the year to celebrate your fatherhood. Wake up every day and celebrate with the Lord and thank him for what he's given you. The, 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 the pure fact that he's allowed you to share in his name father and has allowed you to be his face to the people that he's put in your life it's an amazing gift and one that i think we take for granted so folks again if this is something you struggle with go back and listen to this go home today and look at your kids i don't care if you're mad at them if they broke something last night if they got in trouble at school look at them appreciate them find your joy in them and tell them how much you love them because there's going to come a day where they're not there in your house waiting on you to come home So folks, again, trying to talk about subjects that matter to people. I think fatherhood is one of the things that matters to society now now more than ever. So Victor, we should certainly pray for it. So let's take it to prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of fatherhood. There's nothing else in the world that compares to it. Help us to always look to you as the greatest example of what it means to be a dad. And Father, whenever times get harder, we feel like we aren't living fatherhood well. Remind us what a privilege it is to even be in the job. In the name of the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.